Head full of questions How can you measure up To deserve affection To ever be enough For this existence When did it get so hard?
Hello, and welcome to Press Church. We are so glad that you have joined us. You can find our online bulletin by taking the camera on your mobile device and pointing it at the QR code on the screen. With this link, you can sign up to serve, join a life group, get baptized, and much more. If you are new today, we are so glad you have joined us. Please let us know you are here by snapping on the QR code on the I'm New link. With every new submission, we will donate $5 to our partners at the Delaware Dream Center. One of the ways we work to make a difference in our community is through partnerships with organizations like the Delaware Dream Center. Through our Press Outreach Center in Delaware, we partner with the Dream Center to support and care for families in need. If you would like to be part of what Press Church is doing there, please contact us at info at presschurch.tv. Press Church doesn't happen without your support. If you want to help make a difference in our community, there are a few ways you can give financially. There is a box by the exit of the worship center where you can drop your support off as you leave. You can also mail in a check to 8794 Big Bear Avenue, Powell, Ohio, 43065. The last and easiest way to give is by visiting our website or texting an amount to the number 84321. Let's celebrate everything God has given us and support the community both locally and globally. Now, let's worship together. Good morning, Press Church. Let's stand. Let's worship our Father this morning.
Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadow. You in every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. And Almighty Fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadow. You in every battle. Nothing can stand. His name this morning. Let's continue to worship Him. You. Be- 
centuries, the church has uh, done prayers together as a community of people, and they proclaim out loud what we believe, uh, what we believe about God, what we believe about what God is doing in the world. And um, we pray these together, and here at Press, uh, we have created and written a prayer that we pray together every week uh, as a community of people, as a congregation. And so uh, I encourage you today, as uh, the words will be on the screens, if you would pray this out loud with me together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we declare your glory, submit to your sovereignty, and seek your presence. Where we are wounded, heal us. Where we have sinned, forgive us. Where we are struggling, walk with us. Where we are strong, keep us humble. Where we are weak, lift us up. Our hope comes only from the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, in whom we find our identity and significance. In a world full of pain, heartache, and discouragement, we want to be a light reflecting your grace and love. Through the Holy Spirit, we will be the difference in our world. Amen. You may be seated.
Well, good morning and welcome to Press Church. My name is Sean Lee and I'm the lead pastor here. I want to send a special welcome to those of you who are here for the first time and also for those of you that are watching online. Uh, glad you guys have joined us today. Uh, you will see on screens we have a QR code. If you take your phone out and get your camera app out, you can uh, select that and that will take you to our online bulletin. And through that, you have links to let us know that you're here. Uh, for those of you who are new, uh, there's a I'm new link. If you click on that, uh, every new submission, we send $5 to our local partner, the Delaware Dream Center. Uh, and there's a place that you can give, uh, a place you can sign up to serve, and also a place that you can sign up to get baptized, which, uh, if you guys have been around, on April 16th, we are doing baptisms. So if you are somebody that has... Uh, put their faith in Jesus Christ and never been baptized, this would be an awesome opportunity uh, for us to celebrate together the week after Easter. Uh, and also that week after church, we're going to have a food truck after service so you can stick around and we can all have lunch together. Uh, the other thing I want to uh, make note of real quick is out in the lobby, we have a life group sign-up sheet. So uh, we just ended our first and third season. If you were part of our mega group season, we just ended that. Uh, at the end of March, and we are starting in, back into our traditional home group, life group setup. And so if you are interested in joining a life group, uh, there is a sign-up out in the lobby, which I will be at the Connect Desk after service. Make sure to come by. I'll be happy to help you sign up uh, for that. Um, the one thing I want to highlight today is if you are here at Press, we value you, and we value not only you being here, we value your generosity, and we value your... Um, your service to the church. And so one thing I want to make sure to always let you know is uh, at Press, we want to see you here. We want to see you serving. We want to see you giving. Uh, and so if that's, if, if Press is your, is your home church, that is what we want to see you doing. And the reason why is because we care about uh, what those things do for you. Uh, when you are here, we know it's good for you. When you are serving, we know it's good for you. And we know that when you are generous, uh, you are putting your resources before God and giving it to him. And so that is something that we know is good for you, and we care about that. Uh, as we continue in service, I want to start off with a word of prayer, and then we will continue from there. Let's bow our heads. God, we thank you for this time together, um, and we thank you for everybody here, everybody watching online, um, and we thank you for their life. God, we ask that you would bless the generosity of our people this week, the monies that are given, the time that is served, uh, and we'd ask that you would be with us during this time. Lord, speak through me, uh, give me the words, and allow me to say the things that you want me to say today. We love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Uh, I also want to update you guys. I got a letter in from Scioto Ridge Elementary. As you guys know, uh, over the month of February, we collected uh, goods for them that they were short in short supply of. And so I got a, a nice letter in from one of the teachers thanking you for your generosity. And so if you are somebody that helped with that, I want you to know that uh, that is being, they are taking note of those things. They, they see the good that we are doing and the ways that we care about helping. Um, I want to give a big thank you to Vicki Schwartz. You, you did a lot of work with that and the communication and, and things like that. And so uh, that is something that I would love to see us continue to do is support our local school and let them know that we, we care about them and their needs. Uh, so good, good for you. Good job. Way to, way, to be, way to be a part of that. Do you want to clap? Yeah, you can clap that. Yeah. You guys did that. It was great. All right, leveling up. Uh, for this series, we've been going through what's known as the Shema. It's in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6. 
And the whole thrust of the series is talking about loving God with all that you are. And that's why we got this uh, series title, Leveling Up, this idea of continuing to progress in your love for God. You may not be a video games fan and may have been a little like, wait, why do we have a video game thing going on in church? But the whole idea of growth and progress and continuing, a lot of times in video games, that's what it is. You, you start at one level and you continue to just progress and go and go. And we want us to say, as, you know, as a congregation, as believers in Jesus, we don't want to stay stagnant. We want to continue to grow and level up in our faith. So as we start today, I want to read Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5 together. Why don't we all just say this aloud together? Let's read this out. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. This word Shema actually comes, it means to listen. It's where they get the first word, listen. But there's an implication in this word of not just listening, but doing. And we talked about that through the last couple weeks. Uh, it's not just about hearing something. It's about taking what you hear and doing something with it. And so we've been looking at what does it look like to grow in our love for God. Last week we talked about our heart. What does it look like to love your God with all your heart? And we talked about how the fact that as a society we are really distracted. We are a very distracted society. It's hard to have focus. It's hard to have, you know, to keep our minds on anything. And because of this, um, we feel not only distant in our relationships and in our general lives, but we've become distracted in our love for God. It's become secondary. And so we talked about in order to continue to level up in our love for God, we have to recognize, first off, what distractions hinder us. What are the distractions in your life that are getting in the way of you loving God? And then the second thing is to start prioritizing time uh, and attention towards that, towards focusing on God, aligning our hearts towards God. And so this week we're moving on in the verse and we're digging into what does it look like to love the Lord your God with all of your soul? And so this week, uh, as normal, the teaching team, we hopped in the car and we filmed ourselves talking about what does it look like to love God? with all of your soul. Let's watch this first video. The soul, that sounds so, so deep. It does. We're talking about the soul. I, just, about I always do soul train. <laughs> That's how old I am. But, you know. I could see you in a soul train dance live. <laughs> Not no, can we? No can one. We, can we animate that into a video for people like a uh, Jason bobblehead on like oh, dancing man. and oh, yeah. That's painful to think about. I think I pulled a hamstring just thinking about it. Oh man. Jason's got some moves. Man. No, Jason doesn't. So the soul. The soul. I like it. It's um. Uh, we I think the way that we think of soul is not anywhere near what early church and writers think of as soul. Whereas, like, we think of, like, the, I don't know, some, like, thing inside of you that... It's like a spirit in yeah. us. Yeah, 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 where it's, like, to them, that was just you, like... You are your soul. Yeah, right. Like, well, even understanding parts of the body, the yeah. heart and the brain, and, yeah, you know, they, they, didn't, they, they didn't have any concept of like, the brain. It's not like, yeah, they're thinking how the brain really works right, or anything right, like right, that. Right. 
And I, I think there's a, a bit of a problem where we kind of look at that in sort of a, uh, an elitist way, and yeah. we're like, well, they didn't really understand yes. things. It's like <laughs> we did, we're, right? We're so much okay, more elevated. Yeah, we don't understand, you know, half yeah. of what we think we do. Yeah. And there's this whole thing yeah. of you know, like posturing yourself yeah. towards God, and, and and the kind of the outward way that will. I don't know, manifest itself is in, is kind of a letting go of this temporal life thing and embracing a kingdom mindset. Yeah. It's moving beyond the now. And that's, that's a soul condition, right? Mm-hmm. When you look at the process and know that you're never going to reach a, like you're never going to be leveled, leveled up. Right. Like to the highest level, to the high, like, well, the kill screen. Like you're never, yeah, right. <laughs> you, you will never get to that yeah. top floor or whatever. Like, why would I want if if there's not an achievement? Yeah, if I've got in this lose, lifetime. Well, yeah. Yes, I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, we think of it in the if we think of it like that instead of the the joy of the journey. You know what I mean? Or the 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 good of what you get through the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, we think in terms of the temporary the temporal right we're right we're so trapped inside of this this period of time that we're in where we buy into our earthly life being everything yeah but everything in our world today tells us yeah that right now what you have what you're doing you know what you own what you're pursuing is the most important thing and that you need to do it and you need to get the most out of it and you know like that that's just that's the message we hear constantly today yeah and so when we come in and the church comes in and we open scripture and scripture says that's ah, not actually about you mm, yeah well we but, don't know what to do with but that. the hard thing is and some of us have experienced this that doing those things does a lot doing those things of times equal certain success or certain oh yeah monetary you can get rewarded in process. this life yeah, absolutely yeah. and Right. That's part so like, of the lie of evil, right? So it's it like, all why plays would I that. let go of that push and that well, drive I, I want and both. that idea? And right? I, I, I want both. Yeah. I want to grow spiritually and I want to move up the ladder, whatever that in means. In society. In society. Yeah. Right. Can I do both? Does the Bible say I can't it, it, do no, both? No. no. I feel like it says it's, it's Yeah. I, I, but it does say that that's going to be problematic. It's going to be hard. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, in fact, to the point of the potential of uh, not kingdom. Right. 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 So that's the danger. It's like, okay, fine. Pursue things in in this life and pursue God. But that's a delicate. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even, I wouldn't even call it a balance. Like it's not a balance. You're playing with fire. Yeah. We love to embrace quick fix things. Yeah. The latest diet fad. We can lose this weight without really having to do anything. (laughs) Get get all of this and as a guy who who struggled with that for many, many years. How did that work for you, CR? It's it's a constant yo-yo thing, right? (laughs) Get the guy that's perfectly toned. I'm going to tell you. Right, exactly. There's always this image presented of the perfect body and the perfect whatever got your life together situation of course and we buy into that and we want the pill or the fat or whatever it is to get us there as quick as possible and that's why this whole idea of pursuing god and living this higher level life Mm -hmm. it just it it seems out of reach or abstract or weird or something that's unrealistic yeah i can't actually do that all the time right you're asking too much yeah 
we, the reason we have such a view of the soul as this separate entity inside of us with all the TV shows and everything, right? When someone dies and the soul comes mm, out, yeah, you know, and they, yeah. it's kind you of a this separate image, disembodied yeah, thing. And right. we've got this dualistic idea that the soul is this mm, thing yeah, that's yeah. trapped in this physical body. Right, 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 and really right. and truly that the soul is you. It, right. it's, yeah, and yeah. the physical body <laughs> yeah. and the soul, at least yeah. in you know, the ancient world, was one thing. They didn't think of it as separate. Mm. And so yeah. what are you doing with every part of you, every ounce of you, that's actually pursuing a relationship with God? It's pursuing leveling up. And how are you doing that? All right. So digging into the soul. Uh, in 2020, Pixar came out with a movie called Soul. You guys familiar? Uh, I think it paints a pretty good picture of how we view our soul, as Jason said in the video. Uh, so if you're not familiar with, with the movie, there's a, a music teacher that uh, is basically, he's looking for his big break in music. He's a jazz guy, and he, he is, uh, he's, he's, gets an audition, and he finally lands, he lands a gig. He, he finally gets a gig with this top jazz musician. Everything's going good, and he leaves the audition, and as he's leaving, of course, he's, like, ecstatic, right? He's pumped. He calls one of his buddies, and he's, like, telling him, oh, man, I got it. And it's funny because as he's walking, like, boulders are falling. Like, he's, like, missing dying. Like, step after step, he, like, is continuing to walk down the street. And car he, like, walks through the street. And cars are missing him. And it's, like, oh, my gosh, this guy's going to die. Like, what are you doing? Like, pay attention. And, and then finally, like, he, he steps, and he falls into a pit, and he dies. And the next thing you see is the soul. You see this little, like, I don't know, ghost-looking thing on a conveyor belt. And this conveyor belt is heading to the, the great beyond, right? That's, and he's like, wait, I, I can't be dead. I just got my big break. I'm, I, I want to be there. Like, this can't be right. I'm not, I'm not dead. And so the whole story continues. I, I mean, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. Uh, he basically is working to get back into his, his body, but I think it paints a picture, like, for us, like, that's how we see the soul. Like, it's that, that's the real part of us. This, this is just a shell. This isn't part of me. This isn't part of my soul. My soul is this, like, ghost-like entity that really encompasses me. And, and really, like, and we think about it, it's, like, not physical. We don't think of it as, as physical. It's just where my soul resides. But for the Israelites... Going back to the Shema here, for the Israelites, the people reading this love the Lord God with all your soul, they wouldn't have thought about it that way, as we said in the video. They wouldn't see it this way. The Hebrew word for soul is the word nefesh. So you guys are going to learn a little uh, Hebrew today. Nefesh. Can we say that out loud? Nefesh. There you go. Uh, what's funny about the word nefesh is there's, this word has like a ton of different meanings in Scripture. One of the most literal meanings actually means throat which is kind of weird. It's not translated that way very often, but it's the most, one of the most literal meanings of it. But from this word, you also, it's also talked often about the word um, life. In, in, in Genesis, in the creation narrative, we see this word used often for, for life, not just in humans, but also in animals. There's, there's this life component with it. There's, I mean, if you look up a word study and go and you can find tons of different uh, translations of how, or ways they would translate this word. And so these are one of those words that when you see this word soul translated, it usually means so much more than what we can really understand. 
And I think this is a really important point to, to stop on for a second. There is a cultural gap between us and the writers of the Bible. Like, how they saw their world and the words that they used in their culture is very different from, from us. Not only is it a different language and different time, it's just, it's just different. And what happens is, is we tend to impose our own view, our own culture, our own ideas and experiences on the Bible. And so we just have to be really careful because we can miss out on depth of, of words, on meanings of words, because we bring in our own lens. And that in and of itself isn't terrible, but to recognize the fact that, hey, there may be more to this than what I think. So with that being said, here's the foundation to start on today. It's this. You don't have a soul. You are a soul. I almost wanted to make that two slides and say, you don't have a soul and see what your reaction would be. You don't have a soul. And some of you, that might be true sometimes. Um, you are a soul. We are souls. It's what you are. And it's not void of the physical. This is you are a soul. It's not only like the life force behind you. It's what makes you, you. Your soul. And so I think it begs the question, who are you? Who are you? like that age-old question, right? And you're like, I don't know. I'm, if you're me, I'm like, oh, I'm almost 40, and who am I? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. Uh, who are you? At Press Church, we talk a lot about embracing your identity in Christ as part of our vision statement. We, we want to help people embrace their identity in Christ. And the most simple uh, way, or the simple part of that identity is that you are loved. You are loved. One of the most well-known scriptures, right? John 3, 16. For God so what? Loved. Who? It's you. It's me. It's Powell. It's Ohio. It's the U.S. It's the world. It's everybody. You are loved. How many of us, is that's the first place that we go when we think about our identity? I'm loved by God. How many of you, and you don't have to raise your hand, actually believe that today? Because there's some of us that struggle with that, to believe that we're actually loved. You are loved by God, Scripture tells us. You're not an accident, and you're made in the image of God. Scripture says it. I'm made in the image of God. I'm loved by God. So if you're still trying to figure out all the nuances of that, that's fine. That's a lifelong journey. But if nothing else, you can know. I have purpose. I have meaning. Because the God of the universe created me and has said, I am loved and I have purpose. So the question that comes with that, what does it look like then to love God with who we are? What does it look like to love God with who we are? What are your passions? What are your talents? What are the things you like to do? Are you loving God in that? I, I like this. What's your you-ness? Like if someone was to describe you, like what's your you-ness? Does that make sense? Your you-ness? Sounds kind of weird to say it like that. If I say it a lot of times, it starts sounding weird. There's something about you that's unique and special. I say this to our team a lot when we're huddling before service, and I've said it here before. 
you bring something that nobody else brings. When you're a part of a group, you add something. Maybe that's it's a quiet person. Maybe that's the loud person. Maybe it's the obnoxious person. Whatever it is, we all add something. And when we're not around, there's something that's missed. And this is the beauty of the church, the beauty of this community, is I think we have a hard time embracing what we bring to the table. I think we have a hard time embracing that we're special or that we matter. And so as we work through this, acknowledging, you know, who am I? What am I? How do I love God in that? And here's what, here's what I think. I think this is what we tend to do. Our tendency is to compartmentalize our love for God. Our tendency is to compartmentalize our love for God. Your love for God should not be like your investment portfolio. Diversifying is not the answer. Okay? God wants all of you. He wants it all. And I, I, I don't know about you, I, I feel this struggle daily. Because he just doesn't want my attention and my love on Sunday mornings. He doesn't just want it when I feel like it. He doesn't just want it when things are going my way. Or maybe you're somebody that it's only when things are bad. He wants all of it. And I, I think about that in, in practical everyday life. You know, it's funny. We can sit here. We can have these services. We can talk about it. Oh, it sounds nice and great. And then Monday hits. And the alarm doesn't go off. And you're late. And you burn yourself making breakfast. And your kids are yelling. And your homework got lost. And now all of a sudden, God is the last thing on your mind. He's the last thing. I've got to get this done. I've got to go to the grocery store. I've got to oh, get that bill paid for. I've got to, you, you name it. Like, life smacks you in the face. And then we're like, love God. It sounds so good. It sounds so easy. And as soon as you leave here, as soon as you walk out the door on the way home, you're flicking off somebody on the highway. I never do that, by the way. I actually don't. I, I'm pretty good about that. I'll be honest. I have other faults. Don't get me wrong. But we feel that tension, right? It's like, oh, when we're together, we're singing that song. I'm hearing this message. Oh, God, I love you. You're good. I believe in you. And then you get back into life. And we've compartmentalized our relationship with him. We've said, I need you or want you here. And here, I don't really think about you here or, or there. Or, or I'm not even letting you in there. Right? We, we control that. That's not love. That's not loving God. And until we break down these walls and borders of our lives, we are going to continue to feel this tension of, well, I kind of I want to love God and I care, but, but I don't. I think this is one of the main reasons why the Jewish people, they prayed the Shema both in the morning and in the evening. 
we, we shared that with you, that that was when they got up, they prayed the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is your God. Love the Lord God with all your heart, your soul, your strength. Every morning and every evening. Why? We are forgetful. My wife will tell you that's very true. We are forgetful. And it builds that reminder in our heads that, you know what, there's something bigger going on. This isn't just another day. This isn't just another go through the routine. There's something bigger happening. God is in control, and he wants to use me today for something. And he wants me to love him. I need that reminder. I know for me, it's like, I get up, what's the first thing I do? Well, check my phone, right? Got to check your schedule, check the emails, and my mind is already in go mode. My mind's already in, what do I need to get done today? And then maybe, just maybe sometime during lunch when you're not on your phone or playing a game or doing something else, or you think about God. Hmm, I wonder if he's seen all the things that I've done today or heard all the things I've said today. We've compartmentalized our life. I don't know about you, like loving God isn't the first thing that comes to my mind. It's not. And I think for most of us, that's probably true. It's not the first thing. Again, why in reminding ourselves is so important. Loving the Lord your God with all your soul requires all of you. And as we said last week, right, we, we talked about distractions. We are distracted already. Our minds are distracted. They're cluttered. And then here we are talking about loving God with all that I am, like the me, loving God with me. I think this is something that, that maybe some of us need to hear. Like, I think a lot of us look at an image of like, well, I'm supposed to be like that. Like, I know it kind of goes against some of the skills I have or things I have, but maybe I should do that. Pastor Sean's doing it right. I need to be more like Pastor Sean. But I think that's the wrong mindset. The right mindset is, is really discovering who has God made me? What does it look like for you to love God in your life, in your job? I, we all, I mean, very few of us do the same job in here. Does that mean that one of us is loving God better because they have a more holy job? Well, I'm, I'm the one, obviously, because I'm the church guy, right? I'm doing it best. You're allowed to laugh. That's not true. Wherever God has you, you can love God through that. What job are you in right now? How do you love God in that job? Maybe you don't even like that job, or you don't want to be there. How do you love God in that job? That's where he has you right now. You may not like it, but what does that look like? What, what do you like to do? What are, what are things that you enjoy doing? How do you love God in that? I like playing sports. I'm going to start. We got, we got volleyball this week. Woohoo! I'm competitive. I like to win. I do. And you know what happens if my competitiveness gets out of control? I say things I don't want to say. I do things I don't want to do. I hurt people. 
I don't represent God well. But that competitiveness can also be a good thing. It can be a good thing. Having some grit can be a good thing. I'll tell you what, if I didn't have that, I wouldn't be standing here. Because planning a church is not an easy thing to do. Not at all. Ask CR, Jason, Chrissy, some of the people who've been here from the beginning. It's not easy. If, if I didn't have that competitive nature to want to win, I, I might have stopped short. And I'm still doing that. I still want to win. I still want to get better. I still want to grow. I still, like, that's a part of me. But if I, let, if I let that just go on its own, it can get to the point where it overtakes me and it's not loving. So what is that for you? What is that trait that, if left unattended, is bad? But if given to God, can, can actually be good and can be loving. And I think we all need to dig into that a little bit. Because it, it, it embraces who God has made you. The uniqueness of you. And then once you understand that, then you can say, how do I give all of that to God? How do I give all of that to God? In Matthew chapter 10, verse 39, it says this, and this, this verse kept coming to my mind as I was studying this week. It says, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. I think a lot of us don't trust God this much. I think we think that we can do it better. We can understand it better. We know what's best for us. And I think there's a fear of letting go. Well, if I let go, what will happen? Will I be able to pay my mortgage? Will I lose friends? Like, I don't know about you, like, but if you give up your life, I don't like that phrase. Am I the only one that doesn't like that phrase? If you give up your life, but what does it say? You will find it. How many of us in this room are trying to find something? We say over and over again, I'm trying to find it. I'm just trying to, and we're working and working and working and trying and doing, and yet we still feel empty. Like something's missing. And God's like, well, you know, if you just trust me, it might be a good start. What would it look like to bring God into your everyday life? Your meetings, school, your marriage, your relationships. What would it look like? How would that change what you do? How you live? If there's one thing, and Dylan, you can come up as I close. If there's one thing from this message I want us to, to focus and remember on is this. Do not compartmentalize your love for God. If you get nothing else from today, or remember anything else, do not compartmentalize your love for God. And I say that knowing that this afternoon, I have to make a decision to remember God and what I'm doing. 
And then tomorrow when I get up and I didn't sleep good, I have to be patient and remember to love God. And then the next day, I have to remember to love God. Do not compartmentalize your love for God. There's so many things I want to say, and I, my time is up, but whatever that looks like for you this week, think about it. Maybe uh, we said this at the first week of the series. Maybe it's every morning you say the Shema. You say Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5, and you, and you remember that. But I do want us to, to really take note of what are the spaces in your life that you have not given over to God? What are the passions, the dreams, the part of you that you're maybe not sure what God will think of it? Like, work through that. And let's all work through trying to not compartmentalize our love for God. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. God, we thank you for this time. And God, we know, as Scripture says, you, you want our love. You want us to love you. And God, we, we repent for the ways that we have not let you in in certain areas of our lives. I repent of certain areas from, from not letting you in certain areas. And God, I pray that, that we all here would be able to start breaking down some of those walls and some of those spaces that, that we just don't let you in. Because God, I do want my life to be worshiped to you. I do want to love you with all that I am. So I pray that you would help us, that your spirit would lead us, and guide us, and give us the strength. And that we would do a better job of just living our life in worship to you and in love for you. I thank you for this time. I pray that you would be honored in it. In your name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand and join us as we continue this time of worship. Dark. 
stop working You never stop, you never stop working Cause even when I don't see it, you're working Even when I don't feel it, you're working You never stop, you never stop working You never stop, you never stop working As always, it's great worship you guys this morning. I pray that this week we can break down those walls of compartmentalizing our love for God. Uh, as a reminder, we have a, a team in the back. If you'd like prayer this morning, uh, maybe more than happy to pray for you, anything you have. Uh, and two reminders. So again, life group, sign up out there. Baptism, sign up out there. I will be at the lobby. If you are new or somebody joining for the first time, I'd be happy to. Love to meet you. I will be out by the connections desk. Um, but for everybody else, let's continue to... Step into our love for God and what that means. I hope you guys have a great week, and we will see you next Sunday. Take care.